Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom Doran is here with me, as always, wingman, sidekick. Hello. Hello. You look hungry. You know, I'm famished. Are you? So don't mind me if I eat this stack of pancakes <laughs> along with this uh, banana nut bread. I will look the other way. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and so we have a great conversation today. Great. So while, if I sound like I'm chewing while we're talking, it's Ignore because it. I am chewing <laughs> while we are talking. And we're going to talk about the saints today. So it's a, okay. lot to, a lot to feed on today. Hey. We got the saints When the saints come marching into the luxurious corner booth, there you go, is the topic of our show today, and we're going to talk about this concept of the communion of saints. They're going to march in with uh, Saint Deacon Jeff. Well, one day, yeah, that'd be great. We're all praying. Yeah, at least my whole family's praying for me, (laughs) which is that's a lot. That's good. That's a good thing. But you know, I figured we need to talk about this topic because it seems to me that every single day you. Whether you're doing Liturgy of the Hours or you're just doing some kind of daily devotional, a Catholic devotional, you read Magnificat or you read any of these daily type things or just reading scriptures and studying church teachings uh, on a daily basis, invariably you're going you're gonna to run into the saints. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's part and parcel of who we well, are Well, even Catholic if you look people. in the Missal, there's a saint of the day. That's right. So what, feast I guess day. That's exactly right. So we have this stuff. Right. And, and I wonder sometimes when I'm talking to folks if they don't sort of had this, when I'm talking about the saint, you know, uh, oh, it's, uh, you know, uh, saint whoever today, and they give me this look like, whatever. Why, why do I care? Yeah. I mean, why, what, why does that, um, does that matter to me? And you know, how does it affect me right. directly? I mean, I got bills to pay. I got things to do. I got, I got to drop my kid off over here. I got to do this, whatever you're telling me. There's a saint Cornelius, somebody or other who died right. 1500 years ago. And that's supposed to really matter to me. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, and we jest, right? I know, I know. But but we see these people all the time, and we start to realize. Oh, and wait a second! It's there for a reason. It's there because it's important, obviously. Well, exactly right. But I think people have lost sight of why it's important. Yeah. And so I thought we should we should do a show that will kind of help us understand the concept of the communion of saints and why that's so powerful and why it should be Im- impactful. Good idea. To us. Good idea. Right? So let's talk about the basic things that saints do for us. Let's do it. And I'm going to break things up into like three particular categories. Okay. First of all, we look at the saints. Well, first of all, let's define saints. I mean, what it means is holy ones. That's what the word sanctus, uh, you know, when we hear that word saint, that's where it comes from. It just means holy. Yeah. So a saint is a holy one. Right. A holy person. Mm -hmm. Now they can be living, a living saint. Right. right. Oh, that. No, oh, she's such a saint. My wife. You That's know? why I said Saint Deacon Jeff. That's exactly right. So we're <laughs> we strive to be holy, right? And right. so people will recognize holiness in us, and that. And you become a. You are a living saint. You yeah. can be a living saint, right? You're yep. continuing that that the path to holiness. Well, then there's also those who have gone before us that the church has officially recognized, exactly, as having holy lives that we would find them in heaven today, right? And we know this based on. Their effect on our our temporal our 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 living history and our living earth, right. like there are still their their effect today, and we right. know this through the existence of miracles. That's how the church determines. You know, we just need two miracles, 
Yeah. Right, Tom? I know you're only one miracle away. You've actually... Just one more to go. <laughs> just one more to go. You're just blessed right now. Exactly. But hopefully one day that second miracle is going to come in. You're going to be St. Tom. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And so when we see those miracles, we know that, that there's a saint there advocating for somebody in heaven. Right. Right? So these are the saints. This is who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So what do those saints do for us? Let's talk about the first thing that, that saints do for us. First of all, there's, a, there's an example of their lives. Absolutely. Right, the example of the saint's life is something that we can emulate. Yep. You know, how often do we look at somebody and just admire who they are and how they carry themselves and how they deal with a certain situation? Yeah, it becomes something you want to emulate. Exactly right. So the saints are those examples that have gone before us. Right. And well documented. Uh, they're in history. They're in the books. And you can read about them and you go, how did this guy deal with this particular situation? Right. Right. And, and we can find hope. In their stories. Right. So we have the story of their lives. Uh, St. Augustine. Right. Right. He is the he is the party animal. He was a scoundrel. Oh, he did lots of wild things. He was a bad, bad boy. That's right. He did all kinds of things. And a lot of people don't realize this little side story, but actually <laughs> uh, where that Pope's mitre, the big pointy hat, yeah. came from. Yeah. It came from St. Augustine because he used to wear lampshades. He put a lampshade <laughs> on at every party. <laughs> and eventually, see, the church took that. And I'm, I'm totally joking. So please do not I, write in I emails. Know. <laughs> But he had a he had a very uh, bad moral streak going through his he did. life. He did. Right? We look at his life. We look at the transformation, the turnaround, right. the fact that he's a doctor of the church and all these writings. And we get from him a great, tremendous example for our own lives. There right. is hope. Yeah, but you look at him and you go, all right, there's somebody behind him. That's right. Another example of their lives. St. Monica, his exactly. mother. Yeah. Right, so Mama's She's praying for him. She's the one. She's right? the one. So here's another person, another saint who we can emulate. Right. You got a problem child. You got a, a friend at work that's continually having these issues and problems, falling into the wrong uh, uh, persuasions and doing all right. these things that they shouldn't do. Right. Well, pray for him without ceasing. Oh yeah. God hears those prayers. Well, God heard the prayers of St. Monica. Right. And that gave us hope, gave us example that we can live by. That's right. Right. And so there's also uh, another one. You know, Mary, Saint Mary. Yeah. Right, we can look yeah. at just her simple yes. Her simple yes changed the world. It did. Right, and so we can look at her example, this simple, humble girl, yeah. and realize that when we say yes to God, great things happen. Yeah. Right, so these are great examples of the example of their lives. That's one thing. Absolutely. Another thing that the saints can do for us is their, their written works, the things that they have or have been written about them. The, the stuff that comes from them. Yeah, they're the guide for us. That's right. Yep. You know, their their prayers. Yep. They're, uh, some of these saints had liturgies that they wrote, that they designed, that we still do and participate in today, even in our church. Yep. There's some pieces from some of those liturgies that we still celebrate today. And then, then also some of their great writings. Right. And we have these folks called doctors of the church, right. Right, who have written volumes and volumes on every aspect of God, every aspect of his church, and every aspect of life that help us and guide us, that we can follow, that we can, that we can listen to. Sure. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful example or uh, opportunity for us to learn more about how to live life by yeah. their writings. We have great, uh, great theologians, great doctors, great writers like St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. His Summa Theologica and many other writings, you know, they, they really have shaped modern Catholic theology. I mean, philosophy, thought, probably perhaps any more than any other man, really. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just amazing what he's done. St. Jerome and his, his Latin Vulgate and his Bible right. and what he did. Right. Right? Just just what what he accomplished and what we can go back and look at and see. St. Robert Bellarmine, a, a great Jesuit 
uh, who was lifted up by God as a saint at the time of the Counter-Reformation, right. a time when we needed great, strong saints. And his writings still today hold true and help us to understand why the Catholic Church uh, is one holy Catholic and apostolic. Right. Right? And then we have, like, St. Uh, Teresa of Avila. Her little way. Big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. It is. Right? No pun well, intended. Right. right. Her, her, her little uh, sacrifices, her little daily things that she does every day, her little sacrifices, rather than focusing on the big ones. Right. One day I'm going to climb Mount Everest and I'm going to cure cancer. I mean, you set your sights for all these big things you're going to do. With right. St. Teresa taught us, St. Teresa the Little Flower taught us that these little gifts, these little sacrifices, these little steps. And yeah, what you can turn them into. Oh, are amazingly powerful. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and so we have their example, their written example. Absolutely. To go by. And then maybe most importantly. Mm-hmm about the saints and the thing that we need to really keep in mind mm-hmm. and what we've maybe even forgotten the most is that these saints pray with us and they pray for us in heaven. Now, that's powerful. It's powerful, but you get people to look at you and go, wait a second, I can just go straight to the man. All right, we're going to talk about that. We've got some of those uh, common okay. objections. That's the second half of okay, our show. Good, good. But I want people to understand the importance of realizing that there are folks that will pray for you. Yep. Right, that there are people there who are standing. Right. Well, okay, their souls there, their bodies not there, but they're face to face with God. Right. Exactly. Right. They've got Jesus's ear. Right. Right. Well, Mary's there, body and soul. Right. right. So Mary's there, and so when we ask Mary to intercede on our behalf, it's Mary, you know, pray, pray for me to the Lord our God. Right. Turn to your son, Jesus, and just whisper this prayer in his ear. Now, I'm still talking to him. Right. But if you talk to him, he's got two ears, right? Jesus got two ears, just right. like us in that respect. Right. Right? So you can talk into one, and he can, I can talk into the other. Yeah. Right? Well, we have those saints that are there that yeah. can pray for us. Yeah. And so we, as Catholics, need to realize that we need to pick a saint, any saint. Pick one. Right? There's a whole list of them. Use it. Use that list. And start a relationship. Right. If you're not really big on the whole saints and really haven't, pick somebody. Yeah. There are so many saints. You know what? You just Google saints of the Catholic Church and you will find just gobs of directories, of lists, of, of canons, of prayers, of devotionals, of all these things. There's a there's a huge, huge number of, of saints in the church. So who's your saint? Who's mine? Yeah. Well, I got a couple of them. Okay. I got a couple of them at, at different times in my life, and we're right. going to talk about that in a second. But Good. I will say that I will use my confirmation saint often. Right. Right? St. Nicholas. Yeah. That was my confirmation saint. Now, I, I, admittedly, when I picked that name, I just like Christmas. I just like Santa Claus. <laughs> but you know what? God used that. And to this day, I still love Christmas. I, I love Santa great. Claus. I, I, think I love Saint Nicholas, right? But I've learned so much more about this Bishop of Smyrna, and I, I learned so much more about who he is, right? What he stands for, and what he can do f- uh, with me, right. you know, in, in in this prayerful way, right? But also, I love Saint Peter because he's got those keys, yep, right? I, lo- I love I love him dearly. And then there are times, you know, we experience uh, uh, problems in our lives, and I have I have go to saints for that as well, yeah, right. And so that's important for us to remember because. You know, you got your patron saint. You know, if you're Catholic, you were you were confirmed. Right? We need we need to figure out the patron saint for radio. Oh, I know who that is. Who is that? Right. It's, it's well. There's a couple of different ones. Okay. But one of them is um, is Saint Francis's sister. Okay. 
right, St. Clair. She's the patron saint of broadcasting. Yeah, really? Okay. Because she actually saw a mass on the cell, the wall of her cell. Oh, that's right. So it's like You're the right. first television. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's very interesting. But we have all these, uh, uh, we have all these other saints that are associated with things. We have Saint Stephen. He's a patron saint of bricklayers. You know, he was stoned to death. Okay. Right. They're very interesting. Right. Saint George. He's a patron saint of the Boy Scouts. He's okay. a dragon slayer. Right. The boys yep. like to go out and kill bears or whatever. Perfect. Dragon slayer. Perfect. Saint Maria Goretti. You know, when when someone's suffering from Issues with purity and chastity and maybe sexual temptation or, or whatever. You know, she was actually killed by a would-be rapist oh, wow. when she was just a child. Wow. She's in heaven, and she understands that situation. She forgave right, right. her attacker. That's right. Her attacker was actually in uh, in in St. Peter's in the audience. square right when she was elevated to sainthood. Oh, wow. I mean, you talk about conversion yeah. and the beauty of all that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so this is the go-to saint for some of these issues. And yeah. so there's there's every issue you could imagine. There's every saint for that issue. Yeah. So yeah. we need to do that. Now, we're going to talk more about this when we get back. Okay. Um, and we want to discuss certainly now some some, some pushback we get. Okay. What are common object, objections to this concept of the communion of saints? We'll talk about that when we get back. And with the saints' help, we will be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Converting from one faith or religious tradition to the Catholic faith should be a beautiful, life-fulfilling occasion for the believer. But it can also be a stressful and emotionally painful one, as family and friends may passionately disagree with the convert's choice, especially since that choice is Catholic. That's why it's good to know that there are those who have gone before us, those who have blazed the trails and fought the battles. These converts serve as shining examples and beacons of hope for converts as they draw ever near the church that Jesus founded some 2,000 years ago. We look to these saints as role models, and we ask them to pray with us to God for our spiritual well-being. After all, Jesus himself told us in the 22nd chapter of Matthew's Gospel that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And St. Paul told the Romans in chapter 8 of his letter that even death cannot separate us from the love of God. So these holy ones who have gone before us are there, alive, in heaven, as patrons to help us and support us on our journey. There are many patron saints of Catholic converts. St. John the Baptist was a prophet in Jesus' day who prepared the way for the coming of the Christ. He preached a message of repentance to the people of Jerusalem and converted many. St. Aphra was a prostitute in early Rome. During the Diocletian persecutions, she and her mother hid their bishop. During the incident, the bishop converted them, and St. Aphra then devoted herself to working with the poor, converting many along the way. Later, she was ordered to sacrifice to pagan gods, but she refused. She was martyred for her love of Jesus. St. Flora of Cordoba was born into a Muslim family. She and her mother converted to Christianity, but were persecuted for their faith in Christ. She took a private vow of chastity and spent much of her time ministering to prisoners, converting many to the faith. She too died a martyr's death, tortured and beheaded in the mid-ninth century. Saint Lucian spent his early life as a sorcerer and worshiper of demons, but he converted to Christianity after a woman had fended off one of his spells with the simple but powerful sign of the cross. 
He spent the remainder of his days explaining the true Christian religion and working against error. He was martyred in the mid-third century. These are just a few of the many, many saints who were converts to the faith and are still active today in the conversion and winning of souls for Christ. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm still Deacon Jeff, and we're still talking about saints with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Uh, a living saint. Present. Very good. And you. Uh, you know what? We're going to talk about some common objections now to this concept of the communion of saints. Yeah. Now, before we do that, though, I do want to point out, I think it's, it's an important thing to say, that the Catholic teaching about the communion of saints good idea. really is kind of scriptural. I mean, it's not like we just made it up. That's definitely important to point out. Yeah, and there's some basic concepts, and, and we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I just want okay. to point out that we there's this basic understanding. We didn't just dream this up. That's right. There's this basic understanding. We all agree that Christ is the head, right? Yes. St. Paul's letter to the Colossians says it. I mean, he is the head of the body, the church. Yes. yes. Right? That's chapter 1, verse 18. Pretty straightforward. Catholics agree with that 100%. No doubt. Which means that we are the body. Exactly. Right? St. Paul talking to uh, the Corinthians at first letter in chapter 12 he says for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with Christ that we're all parts of the body of Christ perfect Makes right sense. so Christ is the head we're the body we're the body yep right but then we have to kind of start thinking wait a second are we always members of that body or when we die you know when Uncle Bob dies, it's over. He's gone, right? Is he yeah. not a member of the body anymore? Well, let's find out. All right, right. So let's read uh, in uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter okay. eight, verse starting at thirty-five. Okay. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Kate, when you die, you don't go into a box somewhere. Right. And that you are no longer part of the body of the Christ. You know, there's Christ is the head. We are the mystical body of Christ, Right. right? The church. Right. And... When you die, you don't suddenly leave the church. Right. You are still a part of the body of Christ. Right. Death cannot separate you from there. And then, of course, we have this other concept that we're called to pray for each other. Okay. Again, let's go back to, to St. Paul. And he's talking to the Ephesians in chapter 6. He says, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. So we're supposed to pray for each other. Right. Right, St. Paul says supposed to pray for each other. We're we're members of the body of Christ. Christ is the head, and even when we die, we're still. So St. Paul's saying, "Wait a second, we should pray for each other," and that would include those who have gone before us. Exactly. Right, and so then we also have this concept and understanding that intercessory prayer works. We do. Right, so when we pray for somebody else, it's our faith will actually assist and help that person. Right. And you think about that for a second. That's powerful. We have lots of examples of that in sacred scripture. One of my favorite 
uh, when we take this out of the second chapter of Mark, mm-hmm. uh, starting at verse 1, but I'll read into the middle of it. Basically what happens, you know this story. Yeah. And they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. Okay, so the key here is when Jesus saw their faith, the right. four men that cut the hole in the roof and dropped their buddy down on a yeah, mat. It had in nothing front to do him. with the guy on the pallet. Well, it had everything to do with him in the sense that he was the one receiving the benefit. Right, right? but, he, but what yeah. it wasn't his faith. It Jesus was didn't stop and look at him and say, well, let me quiz you a little bit, see what you believe, and right. then I'm going to heal you. Right. No, he healed that man on the basis of their, of their faith. faith. Right. That's what the scripture tells us. So. Let's look at this big picture again. Christ is the head. We're the body. Mm-hmm. Even death can't separate us from this body. St. Paul tells us we should be praying for each other. Mm-hmm. Right? And so then we look at that and say, well, wait a second. When we pray for each other, it has an effect. Right. So the saints, their faith can help us. Right. Right? Their faith can help us. And that's a, that's a key and important part. Now, I know this also brings a lot of uh, consternation amongst people who don't who think that there's lots of biblical problems with this. It does. You're right. Right. And so let's talk about some of those common objections. One of those is don't pray to dead people. They can't hear us. Yep. Right. Again, I'm going to go back to that thing we just said where, you know, where the, 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 the letter to the Romans, you know, death will not separate us. But there's some other great examples specifically that we want to pull out of sacred scripture, okay. like in uh, Mark chapter 12, v- verse 26, where we hear he is not God of the dead, but of the living. Mm-hmm. All right. He's not the God of the dead. So he's God of the living. OK, well, that's important to understand. But let's look at let's look at uh, St. John mm-hmm. and his apocalypse and his apocalyptic vision, the book of Revelation. OK, was he he looks up in heaven and he sees what do he see? What does he see there? Okay. Right here's in, in, in uh, chapter 20, verse 4. Starting at 4, we hear, Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay, so all these beheaded people are alive. Right. And they're with Christ. Right. And they reign with him for a thousand years. Right. What a tremendous vision. But right. it helps us understand there are saints in heaven who have gone before us. There are people in heaven who are alive. Right. They're not dead. Right. Right. And we do have recourse to them. We can we can call upon them. Please pray for me. Right. Help me in this. Talk to God about this for me. Sure. On my behalf. Mm-hmm. Right. Important concept. So then we also have this idea that the Bible forbids it. Right. And this is important because we read in in Deuteronomy way back in the Old Testament, chapter 18, we read, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering. Anyone who practices divination, a soothsayer, or an augur, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Necromancer is a necromancer. Necromancer is one who talks to the dead. Right. right, Like a medium. Right. Right. And so we start going, wait a second. This is problematic. Yeah. How do you separate that? Yeah, and so we have to be worried as Catholics. We don't want to fall into that trap. Oh, of course. So we have to go back to Scripture and find out why does Scripture forbid it? What is the problem here? Okay. And we find out this little story about Saul Mm -hmm. trying to talk to Samuel, Mm -hmm. who's dead, right? And so Saul conjures up a medium, goes, hey, go find me a medium. I want to talk to Samuel. I need some advice. I need guidance. 
And we find out later um, in uh, First Chronicles exactly why Saul was punished for his necromancy, for his use of a medium. He, it says uh, in chapter 10, verses 13 and 14, So Saul died for his unfaithfulness. He was unfaithful to the Lord and that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium seeking guidance and did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord slew him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Right. So, okay, we don't want to do an end run around God. Right. But the saints can pray for us on our behalf. So guidance is the key word. There. That's right. You, we're not going as an, we're not going as an end run. We're saying, skip God. He doesn't do anything for me. Sure. But this guy does. Right. No, that's not the case. Right. We don't want to do that. And then there's that concept. You asked it earlier. Mm-hmm. Why not go straight to God with right. our prayers? Right. And you know what? The simple answer is we do. Right. <laughs> I mean, we do. We go straight to God. But right. we also have these other options as well. We right. can do this in addition to going straight to God. Right. If I pray 100 times to God, that's great. If I pray 100 times to God and 100 times with this other saint who's praying on my behalf, that's like 200. Exactly. It's like double duty on the prayers. Right. Right. And so it's just it's it's actually very businesslike and efficacious. Right. It helps us. It's very, uh, very good use of our time. And I'm teasing about that. But you know what? We're leveraging. There is there is power in prayer. And there and when we're all on that same page. You're right. It's a it's a beautiful thing. And of course, we have that concept of why do you worship the saints? We don't. We don't. Yeah. We don't. We know that worship only belongs to God. I don't know where that comes from. Well, it's just, I don't know. That people bugs, understand. That bugs you. We bugs me. We venerate the saints. We realize that they're right. holy people. We want to emulate their lives. We respect them for who they are. Right. We give them the respect that is due them, right? And we realize that there is power and efficacy in speaking with them in, in the sense that we need you to pray for us. Yeah. And intercede on our behalf. Plead my cause to God. Correct. That's Im- that's important for us to remember. And of course, the Bible does tell us there's only one mediator, right? We've heard that that quote many times in uh, the first letter Timothy where it says, "For there is one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man G- Christ Jesus." So, don't go to another person. You can't have a mediator between you and Christ. Right. But in that same exact passage, mm-hmm. but right before it says that, it says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. This is good, and it is accessible, at, I'm sorry, acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desired, you know, so, and then, then it goes into, there's only one mediator. Right. So, that's not what the mediator part is talking about. It's not saying that we shouldn't pray with other people. Right. Right? Those saints are alive. Exactly. And they want to pray with us. Right. So we need to remember them. We, we do. need to pay attention. We do. St. Nicholas. All right. Hey, pray for us. There you go. Amen. Well, you know what? Let's close in prayer. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, by whose gift we venerate in one celebration the merits of all the saints, bestow on us, we pray, through the prayers of so many intercessors, an abundance of the reconciliation with you for which we earnestly long. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee.
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. 